You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp, episode 70. Thank you guys so much for the love and support. Uh, another solo with me, my man, Vinny. Vinny, what's up, man? Yo, yo, how goes it, dude? It goes, man. It's going. It's going crazy. Um, but yeah, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're very, very excited um, for what we got going on today. And we'll, we'll jam out maybe 20, 25 minutes and just kind of let you guys know what's going on in a couple of different subjects. And so Vinny's going to be firing some questions away. So today, what we're going to be going over is team building and diving deep into the processes of the business. Yep. So we talked a little bit about that on the previous episode, kind of just touch base on that. Mm -hmm. But now let's dive into what that's going to look like as you're going to go into team building and diving into the processes and learning Heck yeah. process. No, team, team building is super, super important. We talk about culture. Like it's, it's, it's very, very important to, to build that culture and build that team, you know, as, as best and as tight as you possibly can. Um, you know, I was given some advice a very long time ago, back in 2020, that was stay away from your team. Don't care about your team. You got to be not involved. You can't do extracurriculars. Like you got to be, you know, you can't do anything. Like it's just, you got to, you know, have no emotion because if you have to make difficult decisions, then it's going to be too emotional for you. That's so wild for to hear that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was hard for me because, you know, I wanted to go, you know, do stuff with the team. I wanted to do team building activities. I wanted to do, you know, just hang out with the team. And, and I got told not to. So I kind of took that to an extreme and just basically left everybody in the dust and Trust me, they uh, they all felt it and they all were very, very upset about that. And, you know, I did that for three years. I didn't do anything with them. I wouldn't go out. Like, I wouldn't, and not really out, like, out to the bar, but just, like, any, any, I wouldn't do anything with them. And I used to go golfing with them all the time. I used to hang out. Like, like we, when you started the business? Yeah, like, when it was just Legacy. Um, we had a little car club. We'd go kick around in the cars. Like, I mean, we were young, right? But uh, it was just very, very different atmosphere. And when our one of our values is family, dude. We acted like a family then, and then now we definitely don't act like a family. And it's kind of kind of funny because you know, there's this podcast and a lot of stuff that I speak about. You know, people kind of take a lot of that to heart. I'm sorry, I'm fixing a microphone here. Is like, hey, like you say all this stuff on your podcast, but you don't ever do it to us, and you know, different things, and and so on and so forth. So, gotta be that example. Oh, you gotta be that example. And you know, but I've I've learned a lot, and it's crazy. Like I, I keep talking about Andy a lot, but like say what you want about Andy, but he's affected my life. I'm literally texting him back and forth right now. Um, he's he's affected my life in so many different ways. And the biggest thing that he he told me was like, "What do you think your your team's wives think of you?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Have you ever really good question?" He's like, "Have you ever like made it a point to go meet their significant other, go meet their wife, know who they are, know their kids?" And I'm like, "No." He's like, "Dude, these are like your best guys, your number one." Guys at the dealerships, like, yeah, three of them, three GMs. And you don't know their wives. You've never taken them out to dinner. You've never done anything with them. You've never, like, you've just been distant. And I'm like, yeah. And he literally almost, he balled up, wanted to punch me in the face right there. He's like, you are the biggest idiot. That's not, that's lacking leadership. And I'm like, okay. Now, Andy's whole culture and whole vibe is insane. Like, he knows, he knows their kids. Like, he knows their wife or significant other, their husband, um, boyfriend, girlfriend. He knows them all. That everybody's heavily involved in everything Andy does at the lion's den. And I'm sitting here thinking like, now I've never done anything to ever include the kids. I've never done anything to ever include their significant others. I'm just trying to build, you know, culture in, the, in, in what I think is culture and different things, um, which we'll get into a little bit, which um, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, just in the last week about culture, which is super cool. And so, so now like with only having the four locations in Utah, hopefully, you know, we, we, we combine and we get to do, do something cool with them um, soon. With having the locations in Utah, now I'm like, hey, I got three general managers. You know, now we can do stuff together. I got four seats at the jazz game. Hey, let's all go to the jazz game. Hey, let me, you know, take your, your wife or um, your significant other. They're all guys, so they, they'd all have wives. And so 
you know, their wives to dinner. Let me get to know them. Um, let, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. Like one of my GMs has kids. I've never even met his kids. One of the, well, a couple, two of them have kids, never met their kids. Like, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, I'm an idiot, right? Because I haven't really created that culture, truly true culture of like a family caring aspect. And one thing Andy said, you know, when he was speaking is if you have a, like, if you have a key player, a baller working for you and they go home and complain and their wife doesn't know you, doesn't know your reasoning, doesn't know the why, doesn't know anything behind the business. They're just going to kind of add to the fire, right? Because they're going to generally agree with, you know, whatever the, the person's coming home and saying, but if you make it a point to meet them, you get them involved. They know you, all these different things. If that person, that same situation goes home and starts complaining, their wife or their significant other is almost an advocate for the business. Hey, you know, get your crap together and, you know, stop saying this because you know, you got to do that for the team. You know, Jason wants that out of you, you know, but so it's, it creates definitely a different culture and like more like a deeper culture than I think I've, I, I was like thinking before because the feeling culture is a feeling and like there's so much stuff like processes wise that you know, I'll say I'm a beast at when it comes to culture. Like I can te- teach a lot of stuff like that, but there's a lot of like nuances that I used to do that I got told not to and got so focused on, you know, like what tell I got so focused on the personalities. I got so focused on all these different processes and like this book, like all that and said like, Hey, like how about you just go take your general manager to dinner? Like building about, that relationship. Yeah, building the relate. I'll just say relationship, yeah. right? Like I'm so focused on building a culture that I'm not building a relationship, which is like, it should be one in the same. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, and taking that top sales guy out to lunch and saying, hey, invite your wife. You know, I want to I want to get to know her as well. And it go the extra mile where they'd be like, whoa, like Jason's never done. So now when I'm doing it, like they're like, this is kind of weird. Like, this is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, still still trying to, you know, I'm trying to get used to that because that's a little bit different aspect for me where and, and I'm also trying to reverse CEO myself. And what do I mean by that is. I'm so used to having 200 employees or more or whatever, um, nine locations across state lines that I get super freaked out. Like, I wouldn't say like it's a, it's, tri- it's it's not triggering, but it's like I'm so used to having all of that that I go back to my old ways. Like, no, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. And it's like, no, I can. Because I'm always thinking, you know, if I do something in Utah, then everybody else is going to complain about something. And then it's going to create this freaking dynamic that, oh, Jason only cares about Utah. Well, yeah, it's my backyard. So it's a little bit easier. But if I, if they see me taking a person out to a, you know, a sports game here, then they get mad up there. Well, Jason never comes and does anything here. And then it's like, it's just this weird. So I just didn't want to do anything of it. But now with having you know, only in Utah, and if I say, hey, be in my office tomorrow, they can be in my office tomorrow. And it's like, hey, we can go to a jazz game. We can, we can go, we can do different things. Um, it's just, it's so much easier, right? And I, I got to get out of my mind. It, it's almost like I don't want to be a CEO anymore. What would like, you want to be? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want people to think like, oh, Jason's this big corporate guy. Like, I'm an well, executive of a company. I don't want to be that. When you say you don't want to be CEO. Well, like, I, like, I guess I, I just don't like people to think like I'm this corporate guy. Almost like they, you, you don't want to be. Because also like the CEO, I guess in that way, kind of taking back what you said even earlier, like, Hey, don't get to know them. So it's like, do you think the CEO is almost that person that's an outsider to the company and the relationship? Like I know some CEOs that have good relationships with their employees. I know some, you know, employees, some CEOs that don't, mm. but right now, like, I just want to get back down and dirty, dude. I literally, so we had a problem, you know, we had, you know, some, a little bit of a hiccup and some, some things. And I literally hand delivered a customer his license plates and a bunch of paperwork today. And, you know, the dude is blowing up my phone because, you know, it took a little bit longer and we're, we were within the range. If anybody's wondering, <laughs> um, I'm very good friends with MBD. So you guys can say that what you want, but we have dealerships. Of course, there are, there are our enforcement division, right? Um, but it just took a little bit longer and, you know, I had to wait on something. So, like instead of like yesterday, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm freaking done it," and it costs a lot of money to do these like same day stuff. And so I'm like, "Screw it, guys!" I freaking went to the guy's house. I shook his hand, looked him in his, in his eye, literally went into his house, sat at his dinner table, basically had him sign a bunch of stuff, 
today my team went and got the license plates, got the license plates, went hand delivered it to him. was like, bro, take care of you. And I want to do stuff like that. Did he Where, know you were? Uh, no, we, I, I ended up telling him, like, hey, man, I just want to let you know. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. This is, you know, my family's dealerships. I don't really like to say anything about me because gotcha. then they think. Because you know, even like for, for them to recognize like, dude, it's freaking owner of the company's coming to square things off. Like that's yeah. pretty powerful. Well, and, like I want, I want to get back into doing stuff like that. So, and like having relationships with customers, having relationships with our employees, like having a re- relationship with people that like creating that brand and that culture that, that is phenomenal in Utah. Like, like right now, like my goal used to be building this national brand. It is literally, I, all I care right now is around these, the state of Utah and creating a brand. So brand loyal that people buy from us because of what we do and how we do things. And that hasn't been a focus that has not ever been, you know, RV business is definitely difficult in that aspect, but it's like, instead of trying to be something that I'm not, or like so big or this and that and the other, how about you just become the best? And you say that, like, I don't want to be the biggest. I want to be the best. Well, my actions didn't really speak to that because what did I go do? I went and bought a bunch of dealerships shouldn't have. And so now like, I'm like, Hey, like I need, like I call, I need almost a blood oath that no one will let me grow. <laughs> right. Like I like perfect the process. Right. Yeah. Perfect the processes, make yeah. sure everything's done. And one thing, you know, when you talk about culture, which uh, I got a gentleman flying in, um, I think tonight or tomorrow, I mean, we're meeting at 10 AM. So he's just flying out, flying early or he's flying late tonight. Um, that literally said this and I'll give him all the credit. Um, maybe, he, I don't know. I don't know if I, well, you know who you are. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to, say who you are because he's pretty high statue uh, flying in here tomorrow. He's got some yeah. business partners that are celebrities. Um, but he says, hey, talk about culture, 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 culture. Culture, the definition of culture should be a process. And I'm like, okay. He's like, the process should be your culture. And I'm like, hmm, tell me more. So we had a two-hour conversation about the process and culture. And if you have the processes so dialed in, in your company, that is the culture where how you treat people is a process. What you say to people is a process and it's all kind of documented. Now I used to think process, 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 process. And then a little while ago, maybe, maybe two, three, four months ago, I was like, screw every process. Let's just get the job done. And then this guy's like, Hey bro, I get what you're trying to say, but the process should not slow you down because I'm thinking we process everything to death and it just slows you down. And I said that to this guy and he hit me right back, almost want to punch me through the phone and said, stop right now. If, you, if your processes are slowing you down and you think they are, it's the wrong process. Stop being so focused on not having them, but how about you perfect the process? I'm like, that makes sense. I'm a freaking idiot. And I'm literally sitting in my hotel room down in Vegas the other, you know, last week or whatever it was, or two weeks ago. And, or I guess that was last week, dang, it seems like so long ago. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. But when he said that to me, I'm, I'm like, okay, culture, process. And then we talk about all of these things when I talk about culture that I'm like, where is it documented, right? Like, where's the process? What is the onboarding process? What is this? What is that? And it's nothing's really documented. And then there's no step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. Like you got to have those processes documented, but you also got to get everybody on the same page of what you want to be. And he's like, your culture is more than, you know, what I'm doing. He's like, it's how you're talking to your customers. It's how you're treating your customers. It's treating your employees. What are the problems? Like when things, and it's all training and processes and all like documentation. Right. And so that's what he's coming in to perfect and, and to help me do is create all that. Cause he's done it multiple times in dealerships. And so it's, it's interesting because I talk a lot about culture, which culture is great, but like I, I challenge people to kind of do the audit that I did. That was like a kick in the stomach was like, what processes do you have to perfect your culture? Yeah. What would you say is, so you have the processes and he talks about processes with culture, right? To give a little bit of context, like what would you say your definition of culture in a company was compared to this new perspective of like the processes within the culture? That's a great question. Like culture, you know, culture is definitely a feeling and it's how you feel. Um, It's kind of hard to explain it. Um, but it's, it, you know, to put it, it's, it's how you treat your customers, how you treat your employees, how you treat, you know, vendors. It's, it's, it's branding, the feeling you get, like there, there's so much to like the culture, right. Of, of an entire company and, you know, helping people succeed. And, you know, you have books and leadership and like all these different, you know, aspects to the business. And now 
there is that, but there's got to be the process side to it of like, okay, what is the process for the leadership? What is the process for onboarding? What is the process for, you know, the management and training or different things? Like what is the process? And the process should be, should be so dialed in that that is the culture. Like if you say this, you know, if you do this, you know, you can either get in trouble or you get praised or whatever. Like it sounds simple, but there needs to be a process of like, hey, the process is so dialed. If you keep, you know, we have these cultural realignment meetings, the process says, you know, two or three times and you're out or like this or that, like, you know, coach them up or coach them out. Like the process has got to say that. And like, we all got to, we all got to know it. Now, my personality is like, well, I don't want to sit here and type up a thousand documents and pages of stuff, right? That's probably a, a shortfall on me. Um, but with this gentleman coming in, he's got everything dialed in for the last 30 years of business in dealership specifically that have made him extremely successful. And I have never grown up in a dealership. I have grown up in business. So dealership's completely different. And that's why. Why you know, is it different? So different. From like I've never grown up in like really a sales atmosphere. Like network marketing was not a sales atmosphere. That was like a leadership mm. company with a compensation plan tied to it. Right. Like that was not sales. And what I watched my mom and dad do is not sick. I don't know. I hope that it's not taking anything away from them, but like, it's not sales, right? But a dealership in the processes, you know, you have, you have, you have five different departments working under one roof that all have their own management. They all have their own profit and loss statements and they all got to work together and make one. You all got to be whole. Everybody's battling against each other. So that's difficult. You have obviously government, you know, regulations from the motor vehicle division, right? That you have to adhere to and a bunch of different things. You have different, then you have those five departments are, you know, revenue departments, but then you have administration, administration with like, there's so much, then there's the banking regulations. There's um, different state laws that are always changing. There's um, dealing with customers. There's dealing with the manufacturers. There's dealing with so much, right? I was talking with this guy that owns a restaurant and then he was like complaining to me about, you know, some things I'm like, dude, you have one food vendor, one semi truck. That'd be nice. Every other day rolls up to your restaurant and offloads some food. Yeah. You have one credit card, like you have one credit card processing. Company. That's very simple. You have one piece of salt. Like you have, it's very, very simple. Right? I have yeah. so many. I can't even put it. Like there's just like, you're dealing with hundreds of vendors, hundreds of vendors. You have many different employees and many different state like city regulations, city taxes, everything's got to be different and you're always constantly auditing it. Well, who does that? Me now. So now I'm going in constantly of like, now I got to go pay attention to state regulations because now I got to know when state taxes change. Like, dude, we got freaking like state taxes change and we didn't know and we had to foot that bill. Yeah. You know, like we're not, we're not, we weren't collected enough or whatever happened. So I was like, shit, like that's not good. And so always constantly knowing all that stuff. And there's a lot to it, right? So it's just, it's learning that, but then there's gotta be processes. There's gotta be like things, you know, that I gotta, I gotta learn. And because I didn't really grow up in that environment, it's, it, it's not second nature to me. Now it might be second nature for people that have been in the business for 20 or 30 years. And they might think I'm an idiot right now. Um, but it's not second nature to me. So a lot of this industry hate, doesn't like me for that. They want me to fail. They think that I'm not, shouldn't be here and so on and so forth. Well, all I can say is screw you. I do have people that want me to be here. I want to be here. Yeah, this is uncomfortable times, but doesn't it, what does it say that I'm trying to undo everything I did so I can go back and perfect the process and be the best person I possibly can be? I want the best company. I want the best processes. I want the best brand. I want to be here. I want manufacturers to respect me again. Like I want all of these things. If I had such a big ego, I would still have all this, these dealerships trying to figure out how to make it happen, which, you know, there's a will, there's a way always. But no, I, I want to get off things, streamline them, get them down so I can go perfect that craft and perfect the processes. So, you know, middle finger to, to you guys out there, you know, kind of the <laughs> industry that, that thinks that. Well, it goes to show your commitment too. the fact that you want to fix it just goes to show the commitment yeah. that you are. Dude, actually I want to be here. Yeah. I love this industry and I've had to pivot. Yeah. Like. Everybody, does. I'm having to play politics, which me and you've had multiple conversations about this social media and my podcast. Like I'm playing those politics because people are watching. Well, I know you're listening out there. Watch me, right? Watch me. I'll pivot. I'll play the politics. I'll grow the brand business. I'll grow the brand. I'll survive. You know, I'll see who's going to be here 
with when I'm, you know, through the storm. I'm looking for relationships. I want to be closer and tighter to people than you know I've ever been. And I've, I'm, I, I do truly feel like I'm building some really strong relationships right now. Yeah, is it going to be uncomfortable? Sure. Is it going to be hard? Oh yeah. Is it going to piss a lot of people off? Oh yeah. Is it going to be uncomfortable some employees? Oh yeah. Is it going to have hard conversations with vendors? Oh yeah. But you know what? Everything is negotiable and we can work things out. And so we really don't have a choice on some things and it's never my intention to, to do anything bad or to harm. Never my intention. Um, I care about people too much, but you tell them that you let them know how you, you, you call them before there's a problem. You let them know the problem. How can we work through this together? I have to get like my, my mentor in, in leadership always says, you know, when you're calling someone and you need them to do something, you tell them, hey, I need to accomplish X. How can we make that happen? What tools do you need to, to, to make that happen? And then you work on it together. You know, same with the vendors. If you can't pay a bill or maybe this would happen or that happened or like, you know, we're closing down dealerships and we're under contracts with some people. Then I'm like, hey, bro, like, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't keep paying their contracts. So we got to figure something out now. One of the old owners, you know, was or one of the other owners told me he was going to take over a contract and then last minute didn't. So that's on me. I didn't get it in writing. So, again, learning. Um, so we're going through them. Hey, I want to make you whole. How can we figure this out? Let's do this together. But whatever. Like, let's let's find a solution for both of us where we both can can figure this out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to work together. Well, okay. We'll, we'll make it through this. So you've, I mean, you're 29 years old. Yep. So. I'm younger than you, Vinny. I know. By like two, two months. Two months, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're the 20th, right? October yep. 20th, I'm December October 20th. 20th. It's coming up, dude, you're about to turn December 30. December 20th, 30, baby. So 29 years old, you're young, operating business. So you, you say that you're kind of mentioning into, you're learning some of these processes, trying to figure out yeah. what that looks like, right? I've heard your story that you've worked at GNC for a while. You've done network marketing. Is there any other like aspects of like business before that, or has it always been kind of like some business, like the GNC, like network marketing, and then leading into the RV, like before the RVs? It was mostly, you know, watching my dad operate all of his companies, but all that, a lot of it was network marketing, but I mean, did have a bunch of restaurants, excavation, real estate, um, I mean, the dude had every freaking business out there, but I watched him run it kind of like how I run things. Mm-hmm. And if you hear me talk about like an L5, um, L5 basically means like you're just kind of check-ins, right? They're very, like the individual, if an, if an individual is an L5, that means they pretty much can do the job autonomously. They don't need anything from you. Just like Besides just guidance. like, good job, right? So I tend to do what my father did is he a he but but the problem is is no the problem is but the thing is is he had a gentleman that was an l5 beast right that was his his business partner his equal was 50 50 right my dad kind of was the you know they were they were, i wouldn't even say the money get like there's just my dad financed a lot of it at the beginning and this guy was a 50 50 and this guy was an operational animal right it gave my dad the opportunity to go work his network marketing business because he kept pumping the pump to make a lot of money to be able to throw money over here but my dad had an l5 right the pro like so if you take my my tests my management tests i naturally l5 everybody i trust people way too much if you say you can do something i just assume that you're going to do it and assume you can do it and that you're going to figure it out because that's kind of how i do things is you tell me to do something i just figure it out right like these guys that bounced on me cowardly a little bit. Um, I didn't know how to do anything that they did. I freaking figured it out and I figured it out really good. And then you figure out, wow, you know, why are you, why were you doing this? This would be this person or this and the other. So you figure it out, right? You just figured out. And that's my personality. Some people lose their mind if that had to happen to them, but that's just kind of how I operate things. So I watched my dad do all of that. I watched, I was in network marketing I, which is kind of a business. I worked at GNC and saw that business run. I was doing a little bit of construction, you know, work with my, with my buddy and, and helping him do a lot of stuff and, and started to kind of work my way up and saw that business run and how, what he did things and how like I could help him, you know, process and stuff like that. Cause he was just an, an animal and, 
he 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 freaking founded this company. I don't even think he was twenty one. Yeah, maybe he was twenty one, and now he's crushing it in construction, and you know, helping him do. Not that I really helped him do a whole lot, but like helped him do a little bit there. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I can do the dealership. Sure, you know, I, finding, I read some books. Finding out dealership is a complete oh complete dude. If we would have known how our dealerships were, we would have done it ever. Yeah, there's so many easier things out there. So many easier things with a lot less capital, a lot less yeah. cash flow. Like people were like, oh man, like I'd love to invest a hundred grand with you. I'm like, well, okay. That pays for one trailer. You know, it's pretty wild though to think about is if RV being such a hard business and you're going through this kind of like cleanup phase and comeback phase from to operate and everything, right. the processes, everything in order. I got 90 days, everybody. I said 90 days a couple podcasts ago, oh. but the RV show starts February February 15, 2024 at the, at the Wait, so what are, what are you shooting for? The RV show. Basically what our is, seasons from February 15th to October 15th. Okay. So February 15th is really when the season starts, right? Like not, that doesn't mean the, you know the 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 bucket is just going to be on is February 15th, right? There's an RV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how you we were at the one in South same place. Mm-hmm. I call it Southtown cuz that's what it used to be. Uh, Mountain America Expo Center yeah. in Sandy. So if you want to come February 15th to the 17th, there is a well 15th 16th, 17th, 18th, February 15th to the 18th, the whole weekend, Thursday through Sunday. You want to come check out some RVs. I'll have a bunch of RVs there and you should buy a bunch of them um, because they're really, really awesome RVs. No, but I will be there that time. So like that's when our really our season starts because then like, you know, then you have like spring break, like three weeks after that. So everyone's like prepping for spring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then, you know, we're thawing out. Hopefully this, this last year kind of screwed us because we, we had freaking snowed in June. So, you know, ski resorts, some of the ski resorts close in like July or August and then freaking already kicking back up. But, um, yeah, so February 15th, October 15th, and then October 15th, February 15th. So right now we're kind of a month in, oh, that scares me, a month into our slow season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just have 90 days, 90 days until we uh, kind of kick Which things is- back up. Even so, when you're talking about diving into the process of business, I guess it's even more crucial to take in now. Yep. Training, then, right? Yeah. Right now is when you train your off season. It's like the NBA, right? Like they don't do a lot of practice in in the middle of the season. In 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 sports, what does your off season? NFL look does like? off season. Off season is training, perfecting processes, looking at stuff, cleaning stuff, fixing stuff. Like um, right now, we're not doing any of that because we can't have any money. So we're trying to do a lot of trainings, just free trainings. We're trying to do um, things that don't cost us a lot of money. We are definitely not fixing up any buildings right now. We are trying to move one of the buildings because it'll help us Im- immensely um, this winter. Um, but God, it scares the crap out of me. Um, and I'm dragging my butt on it. But it, I think we have to do it. But it's scaring the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so just because it's expensive. Oh, gotcha. It's going to be expensive. And I'm afraid that we, you know, we get into it and we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to move. It's not going to be that expensive. And all of a sudden, like, hey, we need 50 grand for this. We need 50 grand for this. We need 50 grand for this. And I'm going to be like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know? And now I'm in a top five-year lease. And you're in the slow season, too. Yeah, I'm in the slow season. Now, they won't make me start paying my lease until, you know, the spring because we negotiated some stuff. So, yeah, that scares the crap out of me. But it's just perfecting everything right now. And that's why I got this guy coming in at the perfect time. He wants to do six months. He wants to get everything ready. You know, March, April, we'll, we'll get it rolling. And this is the time when you when you work on your craft. It's really hard to do it in the middle of the season when, it, when you got stuff just cranking like crazy and everybody's working, you know, long, long hours. Like right now, you know, shores are open a little bit shorter. People take a lot of time off right now because, you know, it's winter and, you know, they're trying to go on vacations and stuff. I don't really let a lot of people take a lot of time off in the summer. Um, because that's when we all, yeah. you know, that's when the harvest is right. And, you know, there, there's something, you know, I was watching a, a podcast earlier about like, you, 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 well, I used to think, okay, I want to work on the business, not in the business, on the business, not in the business. Well, here's the problem with that in me. I never s- worked in a dealership. I never worked in the business. So I don't know how a lot of these things are supposed to go. And so when I, I, I have a really hard time holding people accountable not because I can't, because I don't know what the frick it's supposed to look like, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't know how processes are supposed to go, or I don't know how to work maybe the computer system, or I don't know how to be the department manager of that. You know, what to department. expect out of that. Yeah, what to expect out of that. So yeah. I have a guy that looks like he's balling, but is he? I don't know. What, is, what are they supposed to look like? I have nothing. I have no prior experience. Here's also another question. 
do they know? It's a great question. So sometimes when you have those amazing people, they, they might feel that you don't know or like they may be like, okay, Jason really doesn't know what he's talking about. So I'm just going to kind of coast because it's going to look like I'm doing some good stuff. But do those people, but I, and this I, is like something interesting that would be going into this pr- process, right? Like do those people that are in charge of those processes, do they know what success looks like? Right. And at that point, if they might have an idea of what it looks like, but then it's, is it to optimal? And I mean, is that the, guy coming in to like help with that? Oh too? yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. See, I think that I have some good, good guys. Um, and I do have some consulting companies that consult for our entire industry that I can see. I really, really want to be part of a 20 group. Oh, now wow. a 20 group and now a 20 group is basically you and 19 other dealerships get together and you share your financial information. You share ideas. You are not in each other's market. So there's like boundaries around each other. So you're not showing your neighbor, you're, you know, under your, that makes know, sense. I'm not going to yeah. say under your skirt because people are get mad, but like, you know, I just said it, but whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like cross state lines, but I, the 20 group that I was going to be a part of, I was accepted in was one of the guys was trying to partner with me and he basically just gave me the middle finger and wanted to kick me in the face. And so I don't think I'm going to be accepted in that one. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to try to go back to this company and because there's like moderators and this company moderates them yeah. and puts them together. And so I'm going to have to go back to that company and say, well, I'm probably not going to be accepted in that one. So, but I really like to be part of a 20 group because everybody that I know that is a part of a 20 group says that that's the best decision they've ever made. Which I mean, at that point it is pretty cool as long as everybody's uh good yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, part of part of me is like, I don't know if you know if I want to be in part of that 20 group because of all the stuff that guy said about me. And so I guess I have to really think about that, but I think there might be other ones. But there's I don't definitely know. still benefits to it. I see. Cause I like, yeah. yeah and and I have to, I'd have to swallow my pride. It's, it's best for the company. I'd have to just eat a little humble pie and, Every time I see him, I'd just be like, okay, what's up, bro? A humble pie. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I, I just have not contacted that company. I need to um, really, really badly and figure it out. But dude, I've just been, I, I, I've been horrible at my time management. I, I got to get better at it. Well, I mean, you've been kind of playing uh, as far as keeping your business alive. Right. So now you sold the Oregon location. Missouri is already gone. So now you just have Utah. Yep. So now you can really focus on diving into those processes as far as what that looks like. And I think it would be an interesting time to really focus on building your people, f- focus on building yep. processes. Yeah, I got, I got 90 days to build these processes yeah. and like and, slow, and build so these focus. managers and the managers that I always wanted them to be and they never were allowed to be. And what does that look like? Oh, knowing their financials, knowing how much money they're making, knowing how much money they're losing, what their efficiencies are. Um, what the like industry standards of like margins are, how much they should be making or that like there's so many things right now that I think that they were just had, they, they never took ownership of because they were kind of not really allowed to. And so now, you know, I'm like, like now it's giving them ownership and Hey, you'll benefit in the upside and then you'll kind of de benefit in the downside. Like I want you to take ownership of that. So if you make, if you're doing well, you'll be very well compensated. Yeah. But if you're not, you won't be, right? Because everybody wants to get paid in the easy way. But I want people to take ownership in what they do, and I want to pay people a lot of money to run things. And if you're going to make you know, the company money, then yeah, I want you to. But if you're losing me money, then how do I make you make, sense. make more? Like, and everybody wants a raise. Here's a clear path to a raise. You know, like I've went sat down with some managers and they're like, oh, we, you know, this and that and the other. And I'm like, how do you not know that you have not done very well? They're like, well, you know, we're, we never were told by our, you know, so-and-so. I'm not even going to mention his cowardly name. And okay, so let's break out your P&L. Let's talk about it. And like, well, we don't even have access to it. I'm like, okay, that changes. So do that. And it's like, bro, I want to pay you more. You're paid a commission. Like, yeah. I don't know how, like, you got to perform and we got, it's a performance base, right? And that's the beauty you think about, you know, us and our payroll is that the dealership's not, well, it's kind of hard because you still got to let people be able to breathe and pay bills. Um, but, you know, it's, it's all commission based. So now it's really perfecting those processes in these times. And, and, and in these hard times, it ha- it's kind of great, good and bad that it's happening right now. 
um, because we do have the time to perfect those processes, but it's just the cash flow to be able to do that. Right. Um, you know, if this was in April, May or June, you know, it would be very, very different. So it's just making sure that we can, we can take care of, of what we got to take care of, but it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but everything that we do has to be an investment into the business. That's got to be investment to, you know, the people it's, 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 we're just investing to, cause we do think that it's going to turn around and come. Now I still think 2024 is going to be not a great year. It's an election year. It's the feds, you know, mentioned twice that they're going to be saying like economical. Yeah. I don't think the economy is going to come back for until probably Q2 of 2025. Now that's just me. Please someone prove me wrong. Yeah. Cause I, I need someone to prove me wrong, please. I just still, I just don't think it's going to be, it might be a steady year next year of bad. What I mean is we're going to hit a plateau of what's the bottom of a plateau. I don't know. I forgot. Right before the rise pretty much. Right. So you're going to hit like this bottom somewhere and it might go up a tiny bit. And I think it's just going to hold. Yeah. Cause the problem is that people don't know what is going to happen. They tend to just stop. And so in an election year, you don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's freaked out. Both sides are freaked out. People are freaked out. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? The Fed says this. The Fed says that. Even though we, we did, the, the inflation report just came out, and it was drastically better than they thought it was going to be, so maybe they're not going to raise the rate like they said twice. See, if people are used to, once there's like a status quo, right? If I raise gas to five, six bucks a gallon, everybody freaked the F out. Well, you think people that. did, <laughs> yeah, people did, right? Yeah, but in California, it's been like that for years. And last time I went to California, there's cars everywhere. People adapt. You adapt. Adapt or die. Adapt dude. or die. Yep. And so once there's like a status quo, if I'm even using it in the right context, I don't even know what that means. But once there's like a norma, normal, normal, normalcy, uh, this is the way it's going to be, and you just keep going and going and going and going and going and going. Because I remember when gas hit four dollars, everybody wanted to light their hair on fire. Well, I think I paid like four sixty one filling up my Corvette today. I didn't even think twice about it. I mean, I do drive an electric car, so that's the only. Well, I'd fill up my truck um, every now and again, but like I just, you just get normal to it. You just, you just move on. You, you work. You figure it out. And so, what do you think people would? Uh, I guess this is kind of normal. How can you cause a urgency to still buy an RV during those times where it's like, well, I guess this is my interest rate. I guess this is a payment. Well, there are different pros. So the banks are the banks are hurting right now because people aren't like buying. Right? Mm-hmm. Banks are in the business of loaning money. Yep. The Fed gives them money to loan money. Mm-hmm. If no one's buying, they can't make money. Now the Fed doesn't want you to make to buy anything. The problem is, is why we why we keep raising the interest rates. Everybody keeps buying stuff, which is really good for us. But people that have money do it. They do think that hey, I'll just buy it at this interest rate and refinance it. Which totally, you can totally do that. Yeah. Um, Prices are really good right now, but there are ways that the banks are trying to figure out how to manipulate some rates through through us, and which I think we're going to start seeing lower rates here pretty soon. They're really trying to figure out how to get around some things and 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 be able to to get us the rates we want to, so consumers can purchase. Yeah, but we also have to look back in history. Rates historically are not that high right now. Yeah, that is true. Home loans used to be eighteen percent, sixteen percent, and that was normal back in the day. So when you're saying seven, eight percent, or six or seven percent on on a home loan. Cause we've got to experience freaking two craziness. Something. Yeah. But if you think about it, like if I'm, if I am a individual mm-hmm. and I, I loan you money, a good interest rate to me is going to be seven, eight, nine, 10%. Mm-hmm. So why the hell do we think the bank's going to be okay with three? <laughs> yeah. That's not a good business to me. Right. That's a heck of a lot of money to put out there in the world and only get 3% interest rate or 4% interest rate. So you, you kind of have to see both sides of the, whatever you want, whatever it's called. Like yeah. why, the bank is in business to make money. They have to, they have to loan, but then these interest rates are crazy. Now the bank holds on a margin and the, the bank only basically packs in the interest rate above the feds rate, you know, X amount of percent. So dude, we had a negative interest rate there for a little bit, which is freaking weird. They were paying people to take money. So that, how does that even work? 
Like yeah, that, yeah. that's the worst economics in the history of the economy. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So it never should have gone that low, but now they're trying to find a happy medium. Dan, Dan, Dan Fleischman, Dan Young put it this way is, is the economy is like a pendulum. Mm-hmm. You push it one way, super, super hard. And all of a sudden the economy is booming. Just everything's flying. All this stuff is going. And they go, whoa, 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 it's getting too much with all this stuff, like inflation, blah, 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 blah. Hey, push it the other way. Boom, super hard. Then it goes way, oh, crash, everything's happening. Like they, for some reason, they just can't freaking hang down here at the bottom in the middle. Yeah. It's just this constant push back and forth. And mostly it's this, it's this, it's a political thing of, you know, each side pushes, you know, for four years are pushing this way, for four years are pushing that way, for four years are pushing this way, for four years are pushing that way, if the presidents happen like that. So it's just, I don't mean to get that political. And I probably, I don't even know that, you know, that's a hundred percent true, but it, it's just, they can never f- get to the bottom. Yeah. Just let the pendulum just sit there in the economy. Just, they're always trying to push it one way or another. And every 10 years, 12 years, you see something like this. Oh, it was the last one. So it was way overdue 15 years. Uh, we're way overdue. Way, way overdue. Yeah. And every, about every 10 years you see the cycle. Which, yeah, I guess. And also with election years, they're always interesting time yeah. in the economy. How do you think things kind of just halt because no one knows yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah, that's true. Like, I, like everybody's, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and wait. So have you thought about says. that? How it's going to be? Or are you oh, yeah, kind of yeah, just yeah, focus more of like, okay, Feb- take it a step at a time. Let's focus on just February right now, right? Dude, I'm just looking yeah. at power, power of one more, one yeah. more hour, one more day, right? I don't even, like, I'm not, last thing I'm worried about is November 2024 yeah. because it has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. And yeah. Do I need to be aware of it? Of course. Do I think that election years are always tough? Yes. I am game planning for that. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not game planning for, oh, I got to make it to February 15th, and, and then, okay, then the money buckets are starting to flow. No. It's just probably better my cash flow and the season starts, which would be a little bit better. But no, we, we still have to, like, I, I'm honestly, Vinny, I'm scared of the economy coming back. Why? I don't want to screw up. I don't want things to be super, super good. Because I'm afraid to spend, I'm afraid what I will, how I'll react to it saying, oh, things are good. I can let up. I'm nervous. I'm not even kidding. I'm nervous about that. Interesting. Yeah. But the here, but here's the thing though. You're only nervous is because you didn't necessarily pay attention to it when it was good. And now yeah. it's kind of kind of hitting you in the face Yeah. where it's like, I feel like it's important to be like, no, don't be scared of it. Prepare for it. In case this does happen again, right. at this point, it's like, no, you can take whatever slow, fast season. I think it's one of those things that's like complacency kills. Yeah. So it's, I think it'd be exciting to have those kind of times again. Oh, dude, I can't wait to be, be on the podcast and be like, oh guys, you know, today was a great day. We, uh, we, we were able to buy ourselves a new shop truck, mm-hmm. you know, instead of being like, well, our shop truck blew up. Not that it did, but shop truck blew up and sorry guys. We yeah. have to figure out something else. So, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I will say, you know, like, like the last podcast, and we can wrap this up because I know it's been going a little longer than we we wanted to. Is you know, you got to have unwavering belief. You got to surround yourself with a team that has that unwavering belief. You got to surround yourself with a team that is bought into the cause. Like I literally tell people, like pretty much vulnerable with everybody, how things are going to go, and literally point out the door and say, "Y'all can freaking walk the hell out of there if you don't think this is going to happen." You know, two. I was gonna say two of those guys did. You know, my number, my number one, number two guys. Cool. You don't believe? You don't belong on the team, right? No, no one starts a a a, a championship run believing they can't do it. So this next little while is gonna be that championship run for us, and the championship run is just gonna be survivability. But you either you're gonna get on the ship or not, and you're gonna be want to work with us or you're not. I don't have time to sit here and play this game we're just going to kick some ass and so for you out there a couple you know i guess yeah, so uh, what are what is the diving into the process of the business so like now until the you know season picks up oh dude i'm going to sales trainings okay. i'm learning all the stuff about um more about like dealership operations um, I've decided to go to like really, really understand how the state legislature works with a bunch of this stuff. Why? Um, because I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to know everything. I want to know if you have a question, boom, I can answer. I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I want you to ask me a question, boom, I know it. I want to. I want you to ask me any question about my inventory, and I know it. I want you to ask me any question about my financials, and I know it. 
I'm going to study my, like, and that's just building my processes of how I look at things and getting reporting better and working on that. I got to get our reporting better in our, in our computer system because it doesn't look very good. Uh, and, and I found out, well, you know, for the last five years, oh, it just doesn't, uh, doesn't export correctly. So what do I do? Hey, bro, it doesn't export correctly. It's all, when you export it in Excel, it's all jumbled up in like the first two cells of the Excel spreadsheet. Oh, like you point, haven't, yeah. you know, set it up correctly. What's going on? Oh, well, I'm just told this is how it is. Oh, no, 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 no. So he sends me one that what they should look like. Dude, it's exactly what I've always dreamed of. I'm like, bro, teach me how to do this. He taught me how to do it. I'm like, guys. So now I'm going and asking questions and I'm like, why do we do this? Okay, make a note. Shh. Then I call people. Hey, is this, is this really how you're supposed to do it? Like even some stuff with the motor vehicle division. Is this how we're supposed to do it? No. I mean, you can, but there's other easier ways to do it. It's the most efficient way, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, stupid, 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 right? I, 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 so it's learning all of that and, and understanding why and being on the very, very, like the finding and searching um, you know, side of my energy right now is searching to figure out how to perfect these processes. I'm going to go to finance training um, for our F&I teams. I'm going to do like everything I possibly can to learn every aspect of the business. I want to get my level one certification for technician. Why is that? I just want to know. Okay. So you, I really, want to walk so the walk really with the team, man. I, I, I'm diving, supposed, yeah. I want to dive into, it. I want to get my level one certification. Mm. And like, you know, level two is a little harder. But I want to get my level one certification. I want to know how these RVs work. I want to know how to work on them. I want to know how to do things. If people have questions, I want to know the answer. Yeah. I want to be up on the board and say, look at my certificate up there. We got 30 people that are level one security. 31, baby. Look at Jason. I want to learn everything about the business. I have to get in the nitty gritty that X and O's because I don't know how everything works. And I think that you're a damn fool if you're out there and you don't know how every part of your business works. Like this is where people are like, oh, like you got to work, you know, all the businesses that are in the business. I get it. But if you don't know what's going on inside the business, how can you work on the business if you don't know what's going on inside the business? And with me, I was working on all these different things. And when people left, I'm like, oh, they got golden handcuffs because I don't really know what they did and I don't know how to do what they do. I want to go to more accounting classes. I want to learn you know, how everything operates in the back off, you know, in our computer Almost system. Like a little accounting. bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Yeah. So I can understand what people are trying to say. I can understand what the expectations are. I can understand what people are going through. Because right now, if I ask them to do something, boom, do this. And it's like takes him a day and I freaking, hey, what the hell is it taking so? Well, I don't know. How, I don't know what I just did to him, right? I don't know how, what the processes are in the computer system. I don't know. Some of you might say, well, you don't need to know. Well, okay, well, that's on you, right? That's why I got four dealerships now. I'm making myself go back to dealership school and business school because I want to know how everything works in the computer system. Go to all these trainings for the computer system. Go to the trainings for e even how the inventory is supposed to look like pictures, like I want to know everything and I won't even want to, I even want to go work inside the dealerships like and spend a couple of days inside the dealerships, just working and selling and, and doing what I do. And now I've, I've been able to spend a lot more time with them uh, recently, which is super, which is really cool. But I want to know everything, which everything. I feel like at that point, cause you talked about kind of writing this process down, right? Mm -hmm. By you doing that and having a little bit of understanding what each department, each position looks like, that will allow you to then write what that plan looks like too. Right. So I, I, I know like how to build this important. beautiful, like, because how do I scale if I don't know what I need? How do I scale if I don't like, and how do I pull people accountable? And then, okay, well then, then it's cheaper for me to say, well, I know what you're supposed to look like as a finance manager. Now I don't have to go hire a finance director. Well, I need you to be my finance, 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 and I got all this overhead right now. If I'm a bigger company, that makes sense. We have four locations in Utah. No, that doesn't make any sense. So I'd rather just know what I'm going to talk to. And I'm having all my GMs do what I'm doing. I want all of them to go through everything that I'm doing. I want them to learn the accounting. I want them to learn the fine. I want, I want, them, to, I want them to get their level two certificate or level one certification. I want like, they might, there might be a class in our technician school down in Salt Lake that it's just going to be me and the other three GMs. There's going to be four of us. And this is what we're going to learn for, for the week. Yeah. Right? Like, or I, maybe it'd be cooler to be with some of the technicians. I don't know. But then, but then I go into the technicians and be like, I know exactly what you're going through. And I know how you're going to help this customer. And I can do this. And we can do this because this happens and that happens. Like, oh, that, that, that's cool. Like, you know, that would be way better if we went through it and we, we knew what we were talking about to hold them accountable. Because people will buy in. Like culture, culture and process, people will buy in if they're like, oh, yeah, Jason went to the certification. He knows. You know what just, he's talking about. You're not just kind of speaking out of your ass. Like right. you actually like, no. And yeah. 
you know, there's there like so I watched this guy. I went to this this uh this factory in California, and we'll, we'll end it with this. And he had the he had the factory for me twenty something years, furniture factory, hmm. commercial commercial desks, office stuff like that. He knew every single one of his employees. Everybody knew him. A lot of them maybe you know were Hispanic. He learned Spanish so he can communicate with them better. And then he told me in, to my face, he's like, there is not a job out there that I haven't done and still cannot do. I could do anything out there. I imagine his business is pretty successful. I, yeah. I mean, you know, economy up and down, right? But like, yeah. yeah. I'm saying the, this dude's a walking culture machine, right? Like, I'm the dude, yeah. I'm not, I'm bound, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Like, you're amazing. And he, you know, he told me, he's like, I would love to be on your podcast. And, but, you know, he's out in the Oakland area. But, I was like, man, that's, that's incredible. But it's because he's had it for 20 something years. He started it as a little teeny tiny factory and grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. So he did a lot of the positions. See me, you know, I really didn't focus on a lot of that. I was more on like procedural stuff in, in dealership whole. I didn't really understand how every individual worked. So but even to scale. Oh, so yeah. if you really think about it in the sense of like, Hey, let's say once you do, you get those processes and you have everything like, Hey, I know exactly what this looks like. Boom, everything's nice and tight, like it's working, operations, all this stuff. And it's at that point, then you're like, okay, now I can grow. Right. Because it, I, I like what you're also thinking about in the sense of the like your GMs. Right. Because if your GMs are also the same standard as you of learning a little bit of everything and all that stuff, then it's like when you are not there, they can trickle that down to the people. Right. Like holding that ownership and holding, you know, setting those expectations and all that stuff too. Right. Because even ownership, it's like you talked about the L5 as far as like where they take a lot of ownership. Mm -hmm. I do feel like it is in order to have that ownership, it has to have a clear path. Mm -hmm. So I feel like once you go through this process and building that, like, hey, this is how you look like as far as your growth, then they can have ownership and know what right. they're shooting. Well, for. it's understanding, right? It's OK. Yeah. I know what we're doing. I know what I'm looking for. I know what the accounting team is doing. I know how. You know, once I pull this lever, what the other, like, what the, you know, I push this domino, what the other dominoes look like when they fall. I know when I enter this in the system, this happens. I know when I'm telling this person to do that, that I'm actually telling them this. I know when I want my technicians to do, you know, one thing, I, you know, that it means this. I, I've walked with them. I know what's going on. And then I think you can become a better leader, a way better leader. Now, not, not saying you have to do this because you see some of the most amazing coaches of all times um, never play the game. Some of the most like amazing basketball coaches never played the game. Oh, gotcha. Right. And I definitely don't think you need so to do that. weird to me. But, I, but you're around it, right? Like they didn't just plop in there. Like you, you almost, like to so put it in perspective, like it almost was like I rolled in for the first time ever seeing a basketball court and a basketball and you just made me the head coach. Do you, so here, here's interesting. Cause it's like, I have seen that where it's like, you haven't played but you're a coach. For but example. you're around it, right? So when but I, how much more valuable is it? I mean, you, I, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable in sports. You know more sports than I do. But how do you think is the people who actually played and becomes a coach, which is not a lot, right? Versus someone who's like just got into a coach position. Do you think if there was more people who played and then went to coaching, they would go like significantly farther? I think, I don't know, because a lot of these players that have been, that are now coaches are horrible. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, are they, well, there's not a lot of them. That's the thing. No, there's not a lot of them. Because I, th I think maybe you get burned out or whatever. I don't know. And the but, thing is, is like also when it comes to sports, it's like who's got billions of dollars to just take ownership business. You can go at a yeah. smaller scale, right? But how much more do you think that's going to be into your future success to actually have that? See, I think it's, you know, and you, I, I think that, I don't know, because I think maybe that's so specialized that, that maybe it almost does them a disservice because they only can think one way. It's almost like if a sale, like generally owners, donors of dealerships are sales guys who became a sales manager and blah, 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 and then open up their own dealership. Gotcha. And so it's really only one-sided. It's the sales. Yeah. They really don't understand the service side to it, which... Again, like you've still been in a dealership your whole life, but you don't really understand the service side to it. I think in basketball and in sports, like me, like I, I didn't play my junior or senior year in high school, but I kind of coached the help coach the freshman team. Did I had way more fun doing that and way more understanding of basketball. Being on the sidelines, like, I, but I, I mean, I played basketball, you know, my whole life up until that point. 
Um, but being on the sidelines and like watching my coach coach and understand things and like seeing kids faces like click and be like, Oh, that, that makes sense. Or understanding, you know, defensive schemes or offensive schemes, um, understanding like the, I think that, you know, some mistakes in made in coaching are the why behind things when you, Hey, you know, when the ball's over here, you go this way. Well, when you ask why, because I said so, well, why? No, you gotta explain. Explain, and, yeah. and it's basketball IQ, right? So if you understand, if a if the ball goes over here, you move over here because of you know X, Y, and Z, then you can then you it's just basketball IQ. And I think that you know there, I don't know, maybe you know, the, but I do also think some of the you know the greatest players out there are some probably amazing coaches. But I also think there's amazing coaches that were never players. But I, but I think it's because they were around the game. They probably played eventually, but they understood all aspects of the team. Maybe they just have more self-awareness. Yeah. Cause now I'm thinking about even like with self-awareness is like, I don't know, there's, there's times I can give good advice and I'm like, gosh, dude, I need to listen to my own advice. Right. But when it comes to me, like helping somebody out, I can help them out tremendously great. But sometimes I'm like, damn dude, I'm not even taking my own advice. Like I should listen to myself more. But like when you're almost like an outsider to see certain things it's almost like more clear when you're on the outside mm -hmm. versus someone who's inside mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. i think that's like that would be kind of an interesting thing now too as the ceo of the company is being kind of the outsider of the position but also being where you can give good input right but then going into the position and figuring it out and learning it so you understand it but also being the outsider so then that way you can help with certain processes even right. more well it's understanding yeah. And it's, and it's, it's knowing what's going on everywhere inside your company and your business. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see if everybody's gonna be walking through this with me together and I'll let you know if it really helps me or not. Hopefully I'll be, and then the cool thing about it is I'll be able to say, Hey, maybe you don't have to do that as much as I thought you did right now. I'm just, it's kind of the wag system, wild ass guess of everything <laughs> I do. And so we'll figure this out maybe my perspective might change in a couple of days with this guy coming in and helping me do a bunch of things yeah so we'll see but the good thing about this you know you're all out there on this journey together i know we've gone been going they we've been going an hour I've been um, a while. but so let's uh, wrap up so yeah. any last thoughts you kind of give a little bit as far as the team building where you're yep. going to be more involved with them now where before you're kind of like the outsider so getting really involved and then also in diving into those processes, I think, I guess in the next couple of episodes, we'll see what that's going to look like even a little bit more in depth Yep. as you have this guy come in tomorrow. Any final thoughts on team building and diving into the process? Man, I think the biggest thing is just care, just, just care enough to, to work with and work, work closely and side by side with your team and your people and never think that your company's too big to be able to unravel this. Now, not saying you have to do what I did and sell dealerships. Obviously, that was not my first choice. Yeah. Um, but 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 just care. Get get close to your people. Get close to your team. Really start building that relationship, and really start to understand what they're going through and what they do. And maybe you might find that these guys or girls or whoever's on your team is not as good as you think they are, or they're better than you think they are. But how would you know if you're not close enough? You don't know them good enough. You don't know what you're, how you're managing them. You don't even know what it looks like. You don't even know what it's supposed to look like. You just, again, the wag system or the wild ass guess. Everything is a wild ass guess of everything you should do because you think things are good. And I'm sure that a lot of you are feeling it right now when we had this COVID blanket where the economy was, our successes were very economic driven, mm -hmm. which is not a good thing. We all thought we were better than we were. It is what it is. Now it's how we respond instead of react. And we fight through things and we get the team together, we build those relationships. We let them know what's going on. We give them ownership of what they're doing. If they can't handle it, they can't handle the situations, you bounce them out. You redeployment in the workforce. You get people surrounding you that have unwavering belief and are completely bought into the system. We'll take a bullet for you, take a bullet for the person on their right and their left and for the company. And you will be able to make some magic happen. Will it be uncomfortable? Yeah. Will some things have to happen and change? Yeah. Will you have to change? Yeah. Will you have to spend more time on, you know, maybe yourself or, or, or some, you know, some, some leadership stuff with yourself? Yeah. Are you going to have to take time for yourself? Of course, because it's going to be very, very stressful, uncomfortable times, but you can do it. 
You can do it. Everything is negotiable. You're in an uncomfortable situation with a vendor. Negotiate. You're in an uncomfortable situation with anything. Negotiate. Figure it out. Come to common ground. Everything is negotiable. And you know, you're going to be able to figure this out. So if you like this episode, please share it. I appreciate everybody uh, hitting me up. I mean, it really, really means a lot to me. This has been really, really fun. If you guys have any special requests on stuff that I'm going through, I'm doing, hit me up. Hit Vinny up. Uh, let's We can do maybe some Q&A sometime. I don't know, kind of make it cool. Uh, maybe we could do a Facebook Live maybe, or like an Instagram Live with some people asking questions. That'd be, that'd be, maybe that yeah. would be cool. Um, get more involved with, with people. If I can help in any way, please let me know. If you ever need anything, always hit me up. Um, please, again, like, subscribe, um, you know, share this and uh, rate it. And I'll see you guys on the next episode of Culture Camp. Thank you. Peace.